What's up, friends, and welcome back to the Dark Waters. I'm your host, Josh. As always, I want to thank you, the listeners, for all the support. I greatly appreciate it. This uh, this shit doesn't work without you guys, so thank you very much. Um, not much going on here. Uh, it's just another cold day in upstate New York. Uh, you know, and to all my people in the Northeast, uh, you know, be patient. Our time will come. The sun will come. Melt all this shit away, and we'll be back on the water before you know it. But uh, hang in there. I get it. Uh, so, yeah, I've been busy the last two weeks. Um, shit. Recording. I feel like I record like every day, maybe sometimes even twice a day, you know, and all the editing. And, you know, it's just been exhausting. Who, who would have thought running my mouth would be exhausting? But uh, it is. I'm actually kind of tired of hearing myself. So uh, we're going to slow down here next week. Uh, you know, get back to like two, three shows a week. But I, I've already told you guys that. So I'm just repeating myself because I'm running out of things to say. Uh, but, you know, anyways, uh, if you get a chance, go to uh, Guru Fishing Rods on Instagram and give my man Bam a follow. And, you know, go check out his website, Guru Rod Fishing Poles, Fishing Rods. Uh, check it out. See if he's got anything you like. If not, no worries. But, uh, you know, just give him, check him out for me. He supports the show, and, you know, we support him. So, but uh, in that, we'll just, get, we'll just jump right into the show. You know, my next guest really doesn't need an introduction. If, if you know anything about the uh, the tournament scene in kayak fishing, you, you got to know who this guy is. Cody Milton, you know, is an absolute stud. Uh, just knows how to fish, knows how to win. Has uh, been real successful in the last few years, you know, Anglers of the Year and won the 10 and you know but uh in this episode we just kind of go back to the pre this uh this last week at the 10 um you know he didn't he didn't do as well as he wanted to but he definitely didn't do bad and he, uh, he definitely took home a check and uh you know it, it was it was fun following the whole event and uh you know it was it was fun just to get some of these guys on here and talk about the whole experience it, it's it sounded like it was it was it was just fucking amazing so um you know as all these guys says if if, if making it to the 10 is not on your bucket list then there's something wrong with you so but anyways, you know, I really appreciate Cody coming on the show and uh, sharing his experience. And I can't wait to bring him back on, especially like later on the season, just to see how good, you know, see how he's doing um, and just recap on some things. But, uh, you know, other than that, you know, thank you guys for listening and uh, enjoy the show. All right, what's up, Cody? Welcome to Dark Waters. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Like, uh, you, you've been you have been on the road for a while. Uh, like, I mean, like you you were down in Florida for a while, and then uh, yeah, I sent you a message. I didn't like you didn't reach back to me until like a, like almost a week later. Like, like what have you been doing? Like, you've been busy on the road a lot. Yeah, it was like it's, we finished up the uh, the ten championship. Was it last Saturday? And uh, we actually, if, if four or five of us that were in the tournament, Russ Snyder's and oh Eric Siddiqui, Josh Stewart, and uh, a few, a couple of us went down and fished Kenansville and Garcia for a few days. And maybe we got like an eleven one. Oh, what was it? A cut like three or four over twenty four inches. It was it was a good few days down there. Well, let me like. And we'll get more into like who you are and stuff. It's like, like I mean, you went down there. Obviously, like you, you fished the ten. Uh, I don't think you did the invitation, but you definitely pre-fished. And you're on the water a lot. Like, do you ever get tired of being on the water and tired of fishing? Man, that was the first time I had fished since the uh, tournament of champions, like three and a half months ago. So oh, okay. I, it was, you know, it's early in the year, so I was kind of, it was still, still breaking in the the uh, rods for the year at this point. <laughs> okay, gotcha. All right, well. I, 
I hate to do this because I, I, you know, I've heard you on another podcast, but uh, j- I, I promise, like, if, if you come back on, we won't do this again. But if you don't mind, just kind of like introducing yourself, just who you are, you like, and what you've done, what's going on in your life, like, not just fishing, but like, you know, just you know, what, what the day in day out of uh, you know Cody Milton. So yeah, I'm Cody Milton from uh, Searcy, Arkansas. It's a little pretty pretty close to Little Rock if you know where that is. But uh, I I usually fish about 15 tournaments a year across the country and. When I'm not when I'm not uh, on the road, usually I I've, I either am fly fishing. I'm a fly fishing guide for Tailwater Fishing Company, where I work for a uh, small investment company that my parents own, where we manage like ice cream shop and an outdoor store and uh, a little t-shirt t-shirt company, like all in the same little strip uh, in downtown Searcy. So pretty pretty small pretty small deal, but it's it's a it's a good time. So I mean, like the. the that's it, right? So you do that, and then you you just travel a lot. Yep, yep. Um, right. Usually about fifteen. I think this year I'll do closer to like I think I'll do seventeen or eighteen tournaments this year. Um, now, like fourteen or thirteen or something. So. Well, how many of those are like the uh, the big like national type uh, events or whatever big events, and how many of those are kind of like the uh, whatever local? Because you're in Arkansas, so I've already talked to a fellow Arkansas guy here in the past, and I know you guys got a pretty good scene there as well. Yeah, actually, I've never I've fished a couple local tournaments over the years, but no, usually if I if you know if I have time to travel, I usually have going somewhere to one of the bigger events. But um, yeah, the the, the NSK has got a great local trail. It's it's kind of, it's a little bigger in Northwest Arkansas, which is a little ways for me, or I'd probably do a few more of them. But yeah, no, they they do have a great club. So like, help me get it. Like help me understand like how you got into like the kayak fishing and, and the tournament scene. You know where you've kind of blown up and you've kind of become a uh, you know a staple in like in this sport. That's granted, it's only just beginning, but you know we got to have those people who are going to uh, get it to you know as it evolves and get it to the next level. Yeah. So pretty much when I was when I was a kid, like in junior high and even younger, you know, like uh, I guess. Really, probably when I was, I guess, 11 was probably the first time I remember really starting to travel a whole, whole lot then to go to tournaments. But um, we were the, my dad fished on the FLW series back when that was a thing. So mostly our, our family vacations were all going to Lake Okeechobee or Harris Chain or down Lake Fork. And it, we, you, know, you couldn't practice anybody outside of your family. So it was just, you know, I was the only one that could practice with dad. So it, just, it worked out well. Or, you know, for years till I guess I was, 15, I started fishing the Coangler side of some of those events. So for several years, I just traveled around, and then I got to compete for a few years as well. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's just – it doesn't really get any better as far as being around, you know, that that caliber of anglers at a young right. age and see, seeing so many people do it the right way. Um, it goes a long way, for sure. Well, uh, well, how did that transfer over to, like, the the kayak? I mean, it's – Yeah, so like, – uh, I mean, I, like just just to kind of kind of cap, like, I know like you know fishing is a skill, and, and, and no matter what you know what boat you learn your skills on, and, and you know understand how to read water and understand like patterns and stuff, but like there's a definitely a difference between like how you approach a tournament from like a boat to a kayak. Like, what are some of the things that you took from the big boat world and brought into the kayak world? You know, the biggest thing is probably just, I, you know, I think when you're in a boat, it's you're able to learn a lot faster. Um, so it seems like. I mean, it seems like generally when I get to a body of water, I'm I can I can usually kind of get a pretty good sense of what's going on fairly quickly. Um, mainly because I don't like to do a whole lot of fishing, just because usually when you get to an event, you have two to three days, you know, max to figure out what's going on. So it's 
I don't know. I always say, you know, you check the extremes. And I think I kind of always got that from a bass boat world because it's so easy to go check all the different, you know, kind of like go to the far north ends, go to the dirtier creeks where water's coming in or, you know, go to the clearest water by the dam or whatever that may be. But, you know, checking the extremes, seeing what your options are. And then I think it's, you know, it's unbelievable asset to have a kayak to be able to put in on that area and actually learn that smaller area better that kind of sticks out to you. So, like, when you go into, like, a tournament, like, um, you're like, I'm getting ready for, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Cindy Cooper, and I got, like, I'm doing my map recon, I got this big map right in front of me anyways, um, yeah. you know, I feel like, you know, like, if you got a, you know, you know, if you're one of those, the bigger boats, the big bass boats that has a motor, like, you know, as far as, like, pre-fishing repairing, like, you got, you can get to these areas a lot faster, so, you know, time, time is kind of on your side, and, like, the, you know, and speed and all those things, uh, but when you're in a kayak, you're very limited, um, it's something I don't know how you do it, but it's something I, I'm trying to do. I don't know if it's like the right answer, but I'm, I'm breaking the I'm breaking it up. Like I'll bring a portion of that lake up, and that's to me that's the whole lake. There is no other part of the lake. I'm making that I'm breaking it like the lake down by pieces, and so I fish that area like it's a lake of its own. Like it, like what, what do you do when you look at like a, a big body of water and knowing that you like you're you're tough on time and you're tough on like speed and like the ability to travel and really understand like a whole like a big body of water you know of a lake like that. I mean, no, I mean, that that's a good way to do it. It's, um, you know, especially like Santee Cooper, for example, the lakes, both those lakes are so different. Um, right. You have tannic water there. You have moving water there. I mean, it's so, I mean, general, what, like kind of what I was saying was I, I mean, I'll be at that event too. I mean, I already have a pretty good idea where I'll be, but I, I'll start on the farthest north end. I mean, I think last year the water temperature was almost six or seven degrees difference on both the lakes. Um, so it's now, I mean, I'll start on the far North end and then I want to also see what it is on the farthest South end of the South Lake. Um, and you can kind of put it together somewhere in between there generally. Um, I mean, you know, Santee is kind of unique in the fact that there's a, there's a lot of black water pools. So it's, you know, that's always going to be a big player this time of year as well. So, um, you know, that end, I mean, it does have grass in it in areas too. So it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, picking a section of the lake and just saying, like, yeah, I'm going to be somewhere in here, that does do well. I'm seeing it, I think it especially does well in bigger events, too, right. um, where, where, you know, the, every everywhere is pressured to an extent. So learning one area better than the other eight or dozen people around you goes a long ways. Um, but no, man, I, I'm the I kind of run and gun. I don't fish a whole lot during practice. Um, right. I'm just, I kind of just have a really good idea what I'm looking for and, you know, kind of believe when I see it, you know, I'll kind of slow down. Is that just going to mean like, obviously like, you know, something you'll probably preach about or, you know, is like, you know, time in the water and the, and the experience you have. I mean, is this something like where you look at a map, like, like going into something like, like these are the areas I'm just going to focus on and that's just it. Like, that's, you know, it's not like. Because you have confidence, I guess, because, you know, you've done this enough to where you've gone onto these bodies of water after doing, you know, the, the map recons and the planning to where you, you have found these places to produce fish. And you've kind of built like a confidence in that. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. You, you build confidence in like your preparation uh, that you don't have to go in there and, and, and go in like panic mode like someone like me who wants who needs to go out there and, and fish and fishing and get confident in these new bodies of water. Yeah, no, you know, I don't, I don't really get too worried about if I'm not catching them in practice or anything. It's, I mean, it's, you just need five bites during the event. You know, what kind of happens before that, you know, it doesn't matter too much. And a lot of times it, you catch more fish during the tournament than you ever do practicing just because you're actually fishing the whole day. Right. You know, most of the time you're looking so much more in practice and, you know, you could be getting a lot more bites, but you're really not. Um, 
but yeah, so I mean, just kind of getting clued in on a few bites and practice and running with that. I mean, it's that's what I, I mean, that's kind of like what I do. And if I can just find an area I know I can get a few bites in, that area changes so much throughout the day. I mean, this, right. like, I mean, at the 10, at the 10 championship just last weekend, I mean, it was, you know, I had, uh, I mean, I had, a, I had a really, Kissimmee was super, super dirty right now. It's really hard to find clean water. And I had a pretty large area with super clean third, three and a half to four foot tannic water. And, um, it was almost too much clean water for to for to an extent, but that area complete the second day, you know, 25 mile an hour winds come in and it makes that area 200, you know, 200, 300 yards. You know, and I had never fished on that side in practice or either day of the tournament. So it's just, you know, that area had fish, the wind kind of created a different area in that, you know, in right. that area. So, I mean, it's, I don't know, being able to just know you have fish and they're not going too far, um, you know, that, that helps a lot on tournament day. Right. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more. Like before we go into ten, like you know, like the, it's, it's obviously when you look at the ten, like like I don't know, like I know there's an argument about like what like what what is what is a, a professional angler. I I don't know. I don't think it's really. I, I kind of think it's irrelevant, right? Like I mean, if you go like if if you play the dues, you go to you go into a a tournament, you win a check, you win a check. If you get sponsors, you get sponsors. But I don't know. There's all this argument about like what a professional angler is. I don't really think it's relevant. But I think what makes if, if I had to really think about it, it's someone who travels and, and gets goes to big events and who's putting themselves out there to try you know, and competing on a regular yeah. basis. And so, you know, I look at someone like you and like like you're all over the place. You're doing anywhere between like 15, what the the 16 tournaments a year. They're all big tournaments. You're keep, you're competing against the best in the country. You're winning. You're cashing checks. You know, if you're not winning, you're always uh, you know you're you're consistently being like like placing it in like in, in top you know top places. You know, so um you like what is it? to you like as far as like like what do you see yourself like in the sport you know and like um and you know and how you got to the 12 because you went to go compete against like two of the baddest dudes on the planet or at least in the country uh but it took a lot to get there so like kind of go into that like what made you like really get into and start like chasing these tournaments like a pro that you know that i would go ahead and and say that's what you are yeah um man i just i get man it like I love fishing, but I never get that same feeling that I get when I'm under the gun in an event. And it's kind of probably just chasing that feeling around the country is what did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, yeah, I really, you know, I love being under the gun or under pressure in an event. Um, it's just, I, I don't get the same feeling going out and fishing on Saturday by myself or something. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, just the drive to succeed is, I mean, it, it goes a long way. So it really does. You know, or, or almost being scared to fail to an extent goes right. goes too. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, that's what it is. It's probably just a it's a competition as much as anything. Yeah, because you know, I'm curious. Like we all know that like the sport of kayak fishing is getting bigger, right? Like it's it, it's 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 coming on. Who knows? Like you know, some people think about five years, people will really be able to do this. Like is what I guess when we say professionally, like get paid to do it, and you'll have like the the big checks that some of the bigger bass organizations have, but like right now we're not, we're not in that, that place. So, you know, like the guys like you, like you're really making, like, like you're really having like the sacrifice. Like, and one of the reasons like, I want to talk to you about, it because you're not like a lot of the guys I've talked to who are, you know, are hammers who are doing, you know, great in the, in the community. A lot of them are, like, are kind of older guys. They're a little more my age and they're, they're getting closer to their forties. And, and like, even some of them are even pushing 50. They got families. Um, they got all these things going on. And then like, you know, look at you. It's like, like you almost live out of a van and, and you're traveling around the country and, and like, and like, and you're, li- you're living this life that you want to live. Like, you know, like, but you're not like, you know, let's say like, you're not like, uh, you're not getting paid 
or whatever. Like, and I don't know you. I don't know personally. You might be getting a lot of things that I don't know about. But you know, compared to like some of these like the big bass boat guys who who live off the uh, sponsorships, who live off the uh, you know some of the tournament wins to be able to do this professionally. I don't know if you're really able to do that. And like, like I said, you're living in your in, in your, uh, your 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 van half the time. Um, what do you see? Like like what what, what is like the drive? Because like I said, like you're not necessarily getting like the reaping like the financial benefits of being, I guess you would say a professional athlete. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, I mean, that's it, true. I mean, there's, I mean, you know, there's not too many characters that probably are making it as far as sponsorships go. I mean, there were several of us. I know that, you know, over the, you know, winnings have done, you know, well in the thirties, forties, $50,000 this year. Um, there's at least three or four guys that made that much, you know, but I mean, you can't really bank on that every year by any means. Um, but no, I mean, definitely those companies, especially the bigger companies are starting to come around a lot. Um, it started to put a lot more money back into their kind of their pro staffers that are traveling. Um, I know I've, I've honestly, I've seen that a lot just this week talking to people. Um, so it's, I mean, it's coming. I mean, I really, I really believe it is. Yeah. But I mean, like, is it, um, I mean, cause, I mean, cause it just seems like, like you gotta like, when you're doing the sport right now, like, you kind of just gotta be doing it because you love it. Like, and not really expect too much out of it if that makes if that makes any sense like like like, like we don't have like the, the we're not in that world where like the Akinellis are at we're not I just don't feel like like kayak fishing is in that so like if you're in it and, and you're and you're and you're and you really want to make a name for yourself like don't expect a lot of value like you you might want to love it a, a little bit more than like than what you expect to get out of it if that makes any sense yeah that's true yeah absolutely so um, um with so with a ten like um. This is this wasn't your first time there, um, and, and not only that, prior to that, you've done like you've had multiple angles of the year, you know, and things like that. Like, um, was this ten any different than any other ones you've ever done? As far as like, uh, I feel like the competition is getting better. And I feel like the yeah. the events are getting bigger. And I feel like KBF is getting better at putting things together. Like, what were your thoughts on this year's ten? No, I mean, I, I mean, like, I think this was my fourth one, and I mean, I thought that it was, uh, I mean, it was by far the best one. I mean, it was. It was the most different as well. You know, it was the first time we weren't at Bienville Plantation for one. Um, in the house, we were saying, it was just so big. You know, it was huge. Um, and, I mean, the place has always been nice at Bienville, but it was kind of different. You know, at Bienville, you know, the, you're staying on the waters you're competing on. And here it was kind of like everything was just so spread out. You know, you didn't get to see the guys a lot. That was probably my only thing that I felt like was kind of a negative as far as that goes. Um, but now as far as, I mean, it, it was, I would say we, as far as sponsorship things go, we've got two to three times as much things as we've gotten in the past years. Um, in the place was just unbelievably nice. Um, and you said it too. I mean, that competition is getting way, way better every year. I mean, it yeah. really is. I mean, especially from up North too. Um, there's some guys up there that are really, really good. Uh, you know, and, and traveling well too. Right. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that, um, you know, because you know, you've been to this tournament, uh, you know, four times. And that, that means that you've had to earn your way there four times. That means you've you've done well at tournaments in the past. But, um, you know, I was talking to some of the other guys like Kurt Smith and Kim Wood. And, you know, like the, the, the sports, you know, it's newer, but it's getting it's getting now where it's like it's it's it's, it's starting to, uh, you know, starting to run now, run along. Um, and like it's it's like. You got. You really got to be on top of your game, and you really got to be like going to these tournaments, like you know, expecting because like people are coming up now. People are coming out of nowhere. You know, like yeah. who knew who knew who Derek Brundle was until he went to lacrosse and 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 showed out there, and then yeah. he goes to this house, 
you know, from the Northeast, and he places in third. And he had some other people throughout the year who were just who who were they? They weren't part of that uh that initial you know that the, the normal top ten that you've been seeing for you know a few years in rows. Like the sport's getting popular. And I think it's attracting new people where it's like it's going to be harder and harder to uh, to be consistent and, and place in those top ten spots throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, especially as these tournaments get, you know, as they get bigger and the payouts get more, you're going to start seeing more of like the gentleman that won the, uh, the Tim invitational Alan sweat, you know, he was, that was his first kayak tournament. He was a big boat fisherman down there. You know, a big event was came down in his backyard. You know, he fished that knew where fish were and won. Um, you saw that a little bit two years ago when the KBF did the opens that were $10,000. You had, right. you had, little bit of ringers come out for some of those so i i expect especially in some of the hobies and bass when where there's no membership fees or anything um you know to just go fish in a tournament i guess hobies like that but you know those tournaments are going to be looked at as just opens i mean a lot of those you know the you know whoever you know gerald swindles or whatever on gunnersville you'll see you'll start seeing a lot more of that as you know the payouts you know continue to go up yeah so you know going back to the 10 um you know you got there. This is something that like, I want to talk to you about because a lot of the guys, you know, I talked to Casey Reed. Um, I talked to uh, Kim Wood. Um, and I even talked to uh, Derek Brundle on the download. But all those guys did the uh, Timvitational. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, you you chose not to do the Timvitational, correct? No, so yeah, I didn't. Um, it was just, it was a whole lot of water. And I didn't get down there till late Sunday. And I think you had the first cast was like at seven and you had to be off by three if you fish the tournament and you could really fish at like six thirty and you know till about six thirty. So you were you were losing almost eight hours, I guess, of fishing time to fish that event. Um and I mean it worked out great. I mean you look at what I think three of us didn't fish it and two of the top four were, you know, didn't you know, weren't in it. <laughs> and, you know, including the guy who won the event. So um and I guess, you know, yeah, I mean it was I mean, if I had to do it again, I probably would have done the exact same thing, honestly. Yeah, because I mean, like, what was there really to, like, cause I, you know, wasn't that, like, what was there really to gain? I mean, I know everyone was trying to keep someone out of the house, but, yeah. uh, but I mean, like, you, you got to beat everyone anyway. So I was, I was wondering, because I know, like, I know, like, Casey Reed was saying, like, he kind of, he kind of regretted a little bit doing it. Um, yeah. but, but he's got, he, you know, he's competitive in nature. But, you know, I guess, like, the pro, when you look at pros and cons, like, the biggest thing you want to do is win the $10,000. Like, you want to go down there. And when the when the big event, and plus that's a, that's a lot of fishing, like you know what I mean, well, like. Is. I mean, I remember last year. I've said it before. That was the most tired I ever was last year. Was after pre-fishing for a day and then fishing four straight days at a tournament. Right. Yeah, the most tired I was all last year. Um, and you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was. And, and the other reality of it is, is who if if somebody did win it from the Invitational it's going to be very difficult for them to put four days together. Right. I mean, you, you had, you know, Alan Sweat was arguably, you know, the best angler on those waters. It really probably was. And, you know, he just got less and less every day. You know, I mean, he, he had good fish, but I mean, not for four days. Um, so, you know, it's the whole reality of somebody coming in and winning the 10 after having to fish for two days. It's pretty slim, really. You know, I didn't even think, I really didn't even think about that. Like when you think of like, you know, doing like a regular KBF trail event at one day, Mm-hmm. it's it that's all you gotta do is all you gotta do is worry about that one day like get yeah. get your limit hope it's the best limit you know out of everyone else um but when you look at like a hobie event where it's a two-day like you got to hold on for two days like you got to produce two days and you got you got you got to win 
like either heavy on one day and get by the next. But I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. So I couldn't imagine, you know, trying to like keep it or hold it together for four days. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he fished the same spot too all four days. Like he was just, he was right there. I mean, he caught limits every day, but it, you know, it got smaller and smaller. So you know, it's but yeah, it was it. You know, I I was kind of I I like I didn't regret the decision at first. I think it just kind of shocked people a little bit. But um, no, I mean, I think it was a good call. I mean, I think you know, Russ obviously probably feels the same way about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like when you got into the house, um, you know, I, I talked to some of the other guys about it, but like. You know, a lot of you guys have fished together, and I know there was like, you know, this is a big, this is a, this is the, this is the Super Bowl of uh, you know the kayak bass fishing scene. Um, you know, it, did you feel like like when you guys were all together, where there's like, was there any like animosity, or was there any like competitive drive, or was it all just a bunch of bros getting together and hanging out and talking shit and getting ready for uh, you know a two day big event? Yeah, no, I mean, not not really. I mean, it was all a pretty good time, and that's kind of what I was saying. It was everything was so much more spread out this year. You didn't get as much of that. I mean, right. just be, you know, you leave the water at six, you know, six thirty seven. Um, you know, you're an hour and a half back from the house if you're on South Kissimmee, and then you're asleep and, you know, waking up at four thirty the next day. So we did, there wasn't as much of that this time. Um, but yeah, in years past, it was such a small cabin. It was like a cool environment, you know, having all that kind of time in between. But yeah, we didn't get quite as much of that this year. Yeah. So what was your uh, your feelings going to that first day? Like you, you've already pre-fished three or four days prior to that. Um, were you feeling good, or or did you kind of see like it was going to be a you know were, were you expecting a tough bite or like like what what, what were the vibes going to that first day? Um, yeah, I knew I knew that if I could get eight bites, I, I could probably have somewhere around 95 inches or so. Um, I I was in a really really popular famous area on Kissimmee it's called like seven palms and um and so I mean every morning I mean you know I got to know the same boats very quickly I mean it's the same guides coming in there every single morning and I mean I think the first day I saw a 912 get caught two seven somethings like a 612 and probably 15 25 pounders so it was I I, you know, I, I mean, I knew the fish were there. I, you know, kind of known that area before, but it was, you know, it's really tough fishing around Shiner guides. I mean, it's very, very difficult. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's always a smart thing to do, but um, I think the first day I got six bites. I think one of them was a short fish and four of them were all over 18 to 20 inches. And then one of them was like 13. I had like all females and I had one uh, small one. Um, so it was, and I knew that would be the case. Yeah, I knew if I could get the bites, they were all females coming into this huge, huge spawning flat. Um, and, you know, fortunately, I got a few. I didn't get enough. Um, but I think I had like 87, 87 and a half or so the first day with a with a little fish. But, um, yeah, I was – I mean, I was kind of disappointed. I was – I just kind of felt like I'd gotten by a little bit. It was kind of how I felt like at the end of the day. Um and then looking at the weather, I was on the far east side of the bank on Kissimmee with, with strong, you know, we strong west winds coming day two. You know, the, the the issue with me was I had plenty of fish. They were really, really hard to get a bite. Like it was very hard to get them to fire. Um, and if you did, you could catch a couple. And I just really, really felt like that second day with those 15 to 20 mile an hour east winds or west winds crashing on that east side, I just felt like. I could get a spinnerbait bite going. It was going to dirty up that four foot tannic, you know, four foot clean water. 
And, you know, it really didn't, you know, I actually didn't get a bite on that flat for about two hours. Um, and by about eight o'clock when I gave up on it, the, f- the whole flat was blown out. You know, I mean, it was, you know, three footers coming over the sides and um, kind of got lucky. You know, it created the, all the clean water that was up on that flat. It created a really small, like 300 yard clean pocket in the back of this flat. And there was a ton of fish back there. It was just it was weird. I didn't catch one good fish back there and probably caught, you know, five times as many fish as I caught the first day, <laughs> you know. Um, this is just how it goes. I guess the females didn't chase that watercolor. I think they just might've moved up more. I mean, that's kind of the only thing I can imagine, but you know, that I was just, I was kind of catching post-spawn fish that second day. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Where do you think, where do you think the fish were? Cause like Florida is a weird place. Like Florida spawn, yeah. you know, cause I'm from Florida. Like Florida spawn, it's like three months long or yeah, like, there's like, you know, it's there's peak time. There's that secondary time. It's a very. You know, because yeah. the weather, because our cold fronts are still coming Feb- February and January time, and you know, even March is, can sometimes not be that one of a month. All things considering, when you're in Florida, um, where do you think the fish were while you were down there? Oh, I mean, that first day, I mean, you can look at those pictures. I mean, every fish I had that first day was about to pop. I mean, they were there was tons of new beds even that week we were there. Um, I think I'd found that spot. It was the first place I went to Sunday afternoon when I, I'd driven 17 hours and put the kayak in and went to that spot and knew that it, I was like, well, at least there's one area that's got the watercolor I needed and went back in there two, three days after that. There was about twice as many beds, went back in there the day before the tournament and there was fish on beds. Um, so, I mean, the area was trending big time. I mean, it, and I knew it was. But, yeah, I, I, I probably, you know, I, just, I thought that weather was going to help me the second day, and it just, it kind of didn't. I feel like if it might have stayed the same, I probably could have put up close to 90 or so again. But, um, I mean, a lot would have had to gone right for men to have caught 100-plus inches out there. I'm not, right. I mean, it really would have. <laughs> well, let me let me because I, you know, I was, like, you know, KBF did a really good job, and so did Turning X as far as following this thing live. You know, I you know like, we'll talk about this later, what you think about this, but like, KBF almost turned this thing into, like, a, a sporting event where you could really follow along that they just, yeah. they just need to, they need, they need more cameras or whatever. They, they need to find a way that, you know, it hasn't been done yet, but we were able to follow it pretty well. But like one thing I saw about you, like I didn't know how you were doing until, until the, until the scores came out like the next day or later that night. Are you one of those guys that hold on the fish or you just like, how, how do you go about that? Cause I didn't know you even had, a, I was like worried about you cause I didn't know if you had a limit or anything like until yeah. the next day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes um, I was str- I mean, it's still messed up right now. I can't submit a fish on Tourney X right now for some reason. That's okay. that was the reason. Um, I don't under I don't know why. We actually did some little fun tournament the other day with like six seven guys, and I still couldn't get it to work. Um, but yeah, so no, I had service. I just couldn't submit a picture, so I was having to send them to Joe, and he was having to upload them. Um, oh, okay. I just didn't do that or until the end of the day. But, yeah, no, a lot of times I really do hold on to until the end. Um, <laughs> it depends how many people around or who I know, who I think knows where I am as well. Um, so, yeah, so, no, there's some strategy into it for sure. Yeah, but I say there's a strategy to it. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right. So, you know, you know, first day's over. You know, you had a limit. I think you ended up coming up to, what, like fifth place or fourth, something like that. Uh, started after the first day. Yeah. So, yeah. um, well, how were you feeling the night before the uh, second day? And like, what was the vibe in the house? Like, uh, I know, I know some guys who were expected to do really well, didn't end up doing that well. And then 
you know, and there was just, you know, but like one thing that, that I heard, like, uh, there, there was like everyone, like, I don't know if it was because you guys were all getting a thousand dollars regardless, but like, I was talking to some people, like, everyone in the house always had like a good positive attitude. There was never like any, uh, you know, like bad vibes or bad, you know, no. in, anything like that. Yeah, no, there wasn't at all. Um, no, I mean, been going to that second day, I, I felt great. I mean, I think I was like, I think I was four inches even out. And, you know, knowing I had a 13 inch fish I left on the board, you know, I mean, I knew I could have easily been leading. I mean, I knew that was just all my fault. Um, but I mean, that was still one fish and I had a better average than anybody the first day. Um, so no, I mean, I felt great. I mean, I really felt like all I needed was a seven pounder. I mean, you know, in all honesty, um, I mean, like kind of like what I said earlier, I, I felt like it was I felt like I had about two hours of good catching weather in the morning to, to get some of those females to fire. And it just didn't materialize. It really didn't. Um, I don't know why it didn't. I mean, when the Shiner guides came in the second day, they caught them good. Um, but I just I didn't get a bite on that flat for two hours in the morning that second day. Um, it was weird. It was weird, but it happens. <laughs> so what do you do? Like when you're on a flat like that, and that's something you really want to fish. Do you just do you hold do you hold fast and, and keep and keep grinding with it, or do you? I know some people will some people will leave. Some people will you know if a spot doesn't produce, they'll they'll get out of the water, they'll take their kayak out, they'll put it in the back of their truck, and they'll drive 20, 30 minutes to some other place to go try somewhere else. What do you, what do you do when when things are like that? When you're in an area you thought was going to produce, but it gets it gets it gets gets bad. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, in that situation, I mean, you know, there in just Florida in general, you know, fishing's all about taking advantage of bite windows and they're just even smaller in Florida. I mean, your windows get smaller and smaller, but they bite more when, the, you know, when they do bite. And it's so, I mean, I mean, that's all it was. I mean, that and, you know, what's unique, too, about Florida is when you're in those really famous areas like I was in, you know, you can see the seven boats still sitting there whacking them on live bait, you know. So it's like, you know, I, the fish didn't go anywhere. I just, I just didn't get them to really, you know, I couldn't really get them to fire, I guess. Um, and I mean, it's just, I mean, it was a, it was a big area. I, I might could have refined parts of it a little better, but they were super scattered out on that thing. Um, I mean, they really were. I mean, there was a couple little sand holes that I would keep getting bites in, but no, it was, it was kind of, it was a home run place, but it was going to be a tough place to like, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it had giants, but it was gonna be hard to get five bites. Okay. So, um, you know, like that second day, like, was there anything that you did different than the first day? Like, did you, uh, you know, like, was it was it a different mentality? Was it different, um, you know, strategy? Like, what, what, what were you? How did you go in the second day different than the first? Uh, the main, uh, the main thing was I, I leaned on that spinner bait a little more because of the weather. Uh, you know, we had strong. It was raining all day. It was super windy. Um. So, I mean, I just kind of felt like, you know, that, that I really felt like that was going to get big bites. I mean, that's all that, you know, that second day really amounted to. Um, and, I mean, you know, I, I kind of gave up on that probably after an hour and a half or two hours and, you know, threw a swimming worm out, you know, for a while in there and still didn't get anything. And that's when I went kind of back in a little area. There was, oh, I don't know, a couple hundred yards from there, but it was all the clean water blew back there and then I ended up catching probably 20 or 25 fish in the next few hours. Well, let me let me. Ask, were you following the rankings at all the, the second day? Uh, early? Did you, did you see when when uh, Russ like you know like the, the, the first part of the morning he decided he was just gonna show off and just crush? Pretty yeah, much. I, I I I probably didn't see that until about noon. But yeah, I did realize that at some point that that had happened. Does that does that ever bother you when you're out there and let's just say you're grinding like you were, like you're not getting the bite for like two hours? 
you look at something like that, do you ever go like, you're like, holy shit, you know, like, you know, what do I got, you know, does it bug you or do you just like ignore it and then just go and just start trying to solve the problem? Uh, I mean, some, yeah, sometimes it does. I mean, in that, you know, at that point, I mean, I think I did pretty realize, pretty well realize, I mean, I wasn't going to have to cull every fish to do anything. Um, but no, it was pretty open after that. So, you know, you felt like, you know, five grand's nice, four grand's nice. Right, so. right. But I was just trying to, I was kind of just trying to put up a decent bag at that point, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's really weird, but it all, it, like, sometimes it, it just depends on where you choose to fish that day. Yeah. It does. <laughs> so you get to the house. Like, so, so you know, after the second day of fishing, and you know, Russ wins, Wood wins, Brindle, you know, you know, I'm sorry, Dirk, you know, he play places a third. You know, you're not too far after that. Like, you know, how did you feel about the whole event? Like, I mean, was it was exactly what you thought it was going to be? You know, fishing with the best of best. Were there some things that were shocking? You know, like what, what was like, I guess, the end all feeling of the whole event? Um. You know, I mean, I, Russ was who I thought would win the tournament, you know, anyways. So, I mean, you know, if, if I didn't win it, I felt like he probably was. So, it didn't, that didn't surprise me much. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of – the bite got a little – we were the, – the bite got better while we were there every day. Um, you know, a lot of guys really struggled the whole week they were there and kind of slowly put stuff together towards the end. And I think that happened a little bit because, I mean, you saw the numbers from the guys in the 10 versus the guys in the 10 Invitational. They were quite a bit better, really, as far as, like, just five fish limits go. Um, and, I mean, I just – you know, the bite kept getting better. And I think guys that struggled earlier in the week, like Russ, for example, he, he really didn't have a very good practice. Um, and, and, you know, he, his practice kept trending upwards. You know, and it seems like when you – seems like when that happens you put yourself in a lot better chance to win in the end um you know it, it's i mean i've always seen that you know anytime you get on a bite during a tournament and that's the first time you learn it i mean that's usually the best you're able to ever run with it um right. it's really hard to replicate that bite again so i mean you know he was he got he had found a really good area like the day before and you know he was fishing it new and it just i mean he was able to kill it every day in there um but yeah, no, it's, I, I, we actually filmed in there the second day or the day after Russ and I did. And, uh, um, it was a sweet area. He was, he was fishing some good looking stuff, but, um, it's better. I guess it's better than I was fishing anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, like overall, this was a, you know, this is a great event, right? I mean, like it was, it was well done KBF, you know, uh, to me, like, like I said, like, like you couldn't see the way we saw it, but like, it was almost like watching a real sporting event. Um, you know, especially with, you know, like obviously KBF, this is all generally, you know, all things considering is still new, but like the fact that like they were able to do what they were with, you know, Scott's drone and like some of the boats that are being followed by camera guys is like, we got to see what was going on. I, I can yeah. only imagine it's going to get better. Um, yeah. what were your thoughts on that? Like, as far as like, you know, what you heard or you know what you were have to see oh, after the match? No, it was great. I mean, you know, Todd Patrick too, I mean, did a great job with all those write-ups. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, just friends, family was talking about how much they enjoyed those write-ups throughout the day. Um, so yeah, it seemed to Todd being on board this year is going to be, I think it's going to bring add that excitement for all those events. Cause I know he's content, wanting to continue to do that. Yeah. I think, I think that's what's really going to like, I mean, the sport's going to grow, but I think, you know, like for the sport to grow, you got to have people who are interested and, and want to watch it, and you know, and because not everyone can you know, like go to these events, but everybody wants to follow it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and and that's how you know, like all these you know anglers like you, like for you guys to get your names known, like and 
that there's got to be that that part of it that you know that shows you what you know what everyone's doing and like it kind of puts like the spotlight on you guys if that makes any sense yeah no it does i mean you know that's what you know just scott's doing a great job of that too you're bringing attention to anglers and i think everyone's starting to kind of pull together and realize that you know, you, you know, you can name famous athletes in every sport. So, you know, us building, us trying to build a, you know, a really popular sport, you know, it does start with the athletes and right. teams out there and know, uh, absolutely. And it be it's, like I said, it seems like everyone's taking an initiative to do that a lot more this year. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think it's just, I think it's just really important. Like, we're like, would you, you know, like, I, you know, I think Scott did a great job with uh, promoting the event, you know, with his podcast, you know, like I think he worked his ass off for like 11 days or, you know, whatever it was, like building this, you know, building this, uh, this event and then, and then, you know, spending time down there covering it, you know, I'm sure he fished a little bit, but I, I imagine he spent most of his time once again, you know, trying to put you guys in the spotlight and, you know, and, and you're right, Todd, and like, oh, the other guys are doing the same thing. But, you know, I think that's the, if, if you really want to think about what the future of the sport and what's really going to help it grow is, is things like that, like, like using social media, you know, and, and filming events and like really building, building stars. You got to have stars in the sport for it to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So what's uh, what's next for you? Like you know, 2020s kicked off. We already had the first Hobie event. Uh, you know, a few of the trail events. I'm going down to Santee Cooper. That's I think that's that's one of the first trail events. Um, what's yeah. what's next for uh, what's next for you? Um, I think I'll see you at Santee Cooper. I think that's the next thing. Um, but uh, I'm still I I think when then we with Logan Martin's uh oh I I just did really get a good schedule put down the other day. Uh, but yeah, I know I'm going to Santee Cooper. Um, Santee Cooper and Logan Martin, I think, is the next two for me. So, like, how do you, you know, with with the, uh, you know, with the years or with this year being different, you know, with uh, the Bass Nation and uh, Hobie's Hobie's taking a run for it, um, you know, and plus, you know, the KBF's got all their events. Like, what are you, what are you leaning on, or what are you trying to accomplish this year? Because there's just, I mean, like, there's like you've already, you've had end of the year appearances in, in the KBF, and that's a that's a great place to be. But now Hobie has an angler of the year, so all these things you gotta, you yeah. know, these things cost money, and I know, you know, we got sponsors and things like that. But like, you gotta decide yeah. like where you want to invest most of your time or whatever. You got, you got you really gotta think about what your goals are because you can't do it all. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think you know the main thing for me is to win a, a you know BASS event this year. Um, that's probably the main goal that I, you know, I've, I've kind of put forth, I guess, for myself this year. Um, and the other would be to win the KBF angler of the year, um, you know, to get back to the 10 house for a fifth year. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I tend to make, I know I'll be at the Darnell Hobie. Um, I think, I think there's one more I'll make it to as well. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm fishing possibly two Hobies and all of the bass tournaments except the one out in California. Um, Oh, so you do all the bass? Yes, I'm gonna. Do, I think I'm gonna do four of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the only one I'm gonna do. I think they, I, I don't know if they announced it yet. Well, I know they announced it, but I hadn't seen it on the uh, the page yet. But they're doing one up here in uh, New York, upstate New York, in September. And so okay. I'm really excited about that. But that's probably the only one I'm gonna do. But that's. Yeah. I mean, everyone's pretty excited about walking the stage on one of those events. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought someone was telling me Logan Martin's already sitting at like 120 or something like that. Um, and I think you've still got what 12 days to sign up or something like that. So yeah, that'll be, I'm excited about that one. That one should, that one should be pretty fun. It should be pretty decent fishing too. If we catch it, you know, some decent weather down there. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited about Santee too. I made a run at that one last year. So I think I'm hoping it's cold. 
don't know. That's what I'm going for anyway. I hope not, dude. Like, I'm up here in upstate New York. It's free. It's freezing right now, and like, it's not gonna warm up for another two months. So this this vacation down at the end of the month is supposed to be like my spring break. So I hope it's I hope it's warm and nice, man. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I it seems like every time I never catch Santee right. It's always cold and just terrible, and it just looks like the prettiest place in the world to fish, and it's brutal. But um, were you down there last year? No, this is my first year going down there. Um, it, it, like it's 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 so hard for me to because it's really funny. I, I'm from the south. I'm from Panama City, Florida. So I grew up in in lakes similar to that. But I've been in upstate New York so much, and I'm used to uh my glacier lakes, like all my finger lakes and things like that. And so I'm trying to break this lake down, but like I don't even know like when you look at it, like it just looks like grass and cypress trees all over the place. Like there's no, like it's that's all it really seems like. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> No, this place is it is tough. It really, it's I always say it's like aesthetically the prettiest looking bass fishery you'll ever see, and there's not any bass in it. <laughs> that's what. That's what. I, yeah, that's what I heard. Like I mean, like like your chances of catching a you know record breaking catfish are better than like just catching yeah. a, a a sizable fish, a bass. It's a weird place. It has giants in it, but it I don't I've just I've never seen them. I don't I don't know where they are. Um, I mean, I, I've, like I said, I've done well there, but it's not doing things you think you should do on some like super famous shallow water fishery, you know? Right. So, yeah, I think the thing that always throws people off at Santee is that you know it's it's such it's a really good striper lake, so right. it's the it's unbelievable amount of bait out in the middle of that lake. Um, I just think I think those fish roam offshore a lot more than people think they do. Yeah, but even when you look at the offshore, like I'm looking, I got the map right open in front of me, and it's just like, uh, it, it's weird to even look at it offshore because like the offshore is not much different than what the bank, you know what I mean? It's just a, it's a shallow, grassy, swampy, like I don't know, it's just, it's different than anything I've ever fished before, and I don't really know how to break it down, like cause like up here, like it's something like the, uh, you know, like Lake George, he's like, you can, you break things down by like you know ledges and like you know shallow the deep and shoals and stuff like this. And I look at this lake, I'm just like. Do I just pick a stump and go, or you know, a cypress tree and attack? That? Like I don't know. It's just it's 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 a, yeah. it's a tough lake to look at on map at least. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I've I've spent a lot of time struggling out there for sure. <laughs> well, God, I hope we don't I hope we don't struggle when we're down there. But uh, you know, we'll wrap this thing up soon. But I'm just uh, you know, I'm curious. You know, cause I talked to Casey Reed and you, both of you guys are young guys in the sport. But you're, you're you're both you know you know sticks in the sport. Um, and especially you, you've been you've been pretty successful over the last few years. Um, and we talked about it a little bit in the, in the beginning of the podcast. Um, but are you starting to feel in? Are you starting to feel like you know some of the the love from like sponsors and things that that are making this a little bit easier for you? Because you know, like I said, like you, it looks like you live out your van for majority of the year. You know, traveling to all these events. Um, and this stuff costs money, and like you know, you got to work, you got to be able to you know to, to make these entry fees. Are you starting to feel some of the love? And like you know, great, you might not be making a lot of money off it, but are you starting to be able to like not necessarily take money out of your own pocket to be able to, to do all to do all this that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and like I said, even more so kind of this next year. But, yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, I think it's pretty easy, you know, with a reasonable amount of success and making an effort. I think it's – you know, it's it's fairly easy to, you know, make it where nothing's out of pocket for sure. I mean, you know, aside from maybe gas, getting to and from places, which, I mean, it does tend to be, you know, a pretty big cost at the end of the day. But no, I mean, it's, I mean, the, the sponsors, you know, the people, you know, the people of the products you're using definitely are starting to see a lot more of the value behind you for sure. Um, and, you know, making it a lot, you know, a lot easier to, to travel and get somebody behind you. Well, what are some of your goals? Cause 
you know, like one thing, you know, I talked to a lot of these guys, cause, you know, we got a lot of guys, we got former national champions, um, and people who've won big events. And like, I never mean this as a, as a bad way, but sometimes you look at like their, their Instagram following, they got like six, 700 followers. And you look at someone like Christine Fisher, who has 32,000 followers. And so you're thinking about like this, like to make it this sport, it's not all about winning tournaments because you can't win every tournament. So you're not getting, you know, the, the big paycheck all the time. And so a lot of it comes down to like, how are you able to like brand yourself? You know, however, yeah. how are you able to like bring like popularity to your, to who you are? Um, are there some things that you're thinking about? Like maybe like, like trying to build on that. Cause I mean, like even when you're looking at the big bass world, that seems to be the difference of people who can really do this for a living. Cause it's so hard to win a tournament. So like, yeah. are there things that you're thinking about, like maybe building yourself to make your, yourself, I guess, more financially secure or more financially able to do this thing as a long-term thing? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, it's absolutely, I mean, it's definitely what I should, you know, should be doing. It's a, uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's a little easier said than done. It stuff takes. I don't own a computer, so it's kind of right. difficult. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean it's a uh, yeah. I mean being able to branch out as far as a YouTube channel goes, or just bringing higher quality content. I mean, it seems like you know several years ago, if you just had content, you could kind of get famous. And now it seems like you got to have really quality, you know, consistent content to kind of you know get popular. Um, and yeah, I've I've done a poor effort of that of putting myself out there in the past, but uh, I there are plans to change that this year. Uh, <laughs> you think, I mean, is it one of those things? Because like you know, you, you give me a look at like celebrities or like bigger stars, and, and like they don't they don't manage their own social media, they don't manage their own channels. They, that's a part of it, yeah, that's true. Because yeah, like, yeah. like if you don't know it, and I, and I understand what you're saying, because like you look at like everyone's got a GoPro now on their boat. Yeah. And then like, but like some of these guys and, and, and God bless them, and, you know, and they're doing what they need to do. But like, like some of these guys aren't winning tournaments the way you are, but the fact that they're able to, you know, video, put the shit on right. the computer, edit it, put some cool music behind it. And they say, no, they have like thousands of followers on YouTube and I, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked for them. But you know, when you look at guys like you who are uh, making a run for this thing, who are really trying to, you know, be, be a, be a professional it's it's gotta be tough because like you only got so much time in the day and so yeah. much time to us uh, like to put towards things. It's like yeah, you like it, it takes a lot to be you know a, a good angler and, and to be you know on top of all your skills. You gotta do a lot of fishing. Do you really want to bring a camera out there all the time and like videotaping yourself? You know as you're trying you know as you're trying to do these things, it's it's gotta be like a weird balance that it's gotta be hard to it's gotta be hard to figure out you know or, or hard to manage. Definitely is. Absolutely. I mean, and I, I haven't figured it out yet. I hope to, I hope to have a little better idea this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I want to talk about. Like, uh, you know, I, I, like I'm really just trying to bring light on just the guys who fished the 10 and fished the, uh, the yeah. similar event, because I think, you know, it's the beginning of the season. So I'm excited. Everyone should be excited because both these events kind of showed you that like, this is going to be a good year. Like, so I don't know if you, if you follow the, uh, the Seminole event, but a lot of people who thought they were going to do good didn't do that well, and a lot of people who we don't know came out there and just absolutely won the thing. So it's just like, you know, get excited about 2020. Like, there's a lot of things that are going to go down. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not, you know, stay in contact. I want, I want to bring you back on because I know, you're, I know you're going to crush some more events later this year. So, but, but yeah, I appreciate you coming on and let's do this again. Absolutely, thanks, Josh. I enjoyed it. All right, brother. Well, you take it easy. That will see you.